from Trimble Construction, you're listening to the Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now, here's your host, Matt Sprague. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Connected Construction Show. I am your host, Matt Sprague. Uh, excited uh, once again for another fantastic show. Guest this week over here to my right, your left, is Ty Wynn from Hensel Phelps. Ty, good to see you. Matt, thank you for having me. So again, Ty Wynn with Hensel Phelps. Uh, you know, just a b- brief intro on myself. Uh, been with Hensel Phelps now for about 16 years, and uh, it's been a blink of an eye. You know, I started in architecture uh, in the Midwest uh, in the late 80s and kind of worked my way through a few different industries and um, not at the most direct path, but looking back it was you know i think those industries helped me get to where i am today and giving me that perspective right so uh the last 10 years i've been the director of virtual design and construction for hensel phelps and uh, transitioning into a new role with a, a new company within hensel phelps called diverge uh, we're a cbc within hensel phelps and uh, i'm excited to get that one off the ground it's awesome we're and we are we're definitely going to explore that um in terms of the the the, the corporate venture capital uh diverge within hensel phelps um but first, like prior to the show, we were chatting in terms of, like, you know, hey, what do you want to talk about? What, what, what's, what's interesting in, in your comment immediately, like without hesitation was making sense of technology in the construction space. So dive into that one a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it resonates with, um, with Hansel Phelps, with all, many of our um, competitors, right, today within uh, the industry, you know, we are a very fragmented industry that's known, uh, and sometimes the tools reflect the industry. Um, but if you realize today, like with every job that we start, you know, I'm balancing between 30 to 35 point solutions that we're having to leverage and teach our people, you know, on uh, a regular cadence, right? And that's just not sustainable. It's really, and I don't even know what the answer is, right? It's, is it APIs or is yeah. it really, you know, uh, thinning out by leveraging our partners like Trimble, right? To kind of help with uh, all the solution and needs that we have today. Yeah, so that 30 to 35 point solutions per project, from project to project, how much do those vary? Is there like a, I can't imagine, not a hundred percent variation, but does does it vary? It does vary and it really, well, what drives that is really, you know, regions drive that environment contracts, owners. Um, and then within that, you know, I think as a GC, we are usually taking the lead of our owners and designers from their, their owners and designers. And within that, you know, we are expected to deliver a certain, you know, format or a type of file. And uh, within those deliveries that our trades have to uh, get behind us and do the same, right? So it's even uh, harder for our trade partners because they're working with multiple GCs, yeah. right? On top of owners being specific. So. For us, you know, we try to keep standardization in terms of our core processes and our solutions, but then all those other ancillary products that we need, you know, and for instance, you know, 360 Capture today, there's probably 10 to 15 solutions in the industry, right? Yeah. And within that, some of our owners are very specific to some, others are to others. And so, you know, on our jobs, it's very difficult because we have to adhere to deliverables set forth, and then within that, teach our, our people, but then... You know, I think the hardship and I think what you're driving towards, Matt, is on that next job where you're teaching them a new solution. And, and so we, we try to avoid that, but in many ways, you know, that's uh, unavoidable. Yeah. Well, even if it was consistent, 
you probably don't have the same people on the next job. Yeah. So you're still having to train them on, on those things until That's they've right. done it uh, uh, enough times. That's right. Uh, but even if they've done it enough times, the nature of, of software is that it changes. It does. And all of a sudden, so there, there, there's retraining that has to, that has Absolutely. to occur. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what, like, talk to me about some of those point solutions. I'm, I'm curious, like I, I didn't think, when you said that number, it, it surprised me. So like, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, obviously you said you have your core solutions, That's but right. what, are, what are the, what are the ancillary ones that are? Yeah, and there? I reference one, I think 360 Capture, whether it's video walks or static, right? Yeah. Um, within that, you can also get how do you, like for instance, if you fly an aerial or fly drones, you know, you're using a solution to consume that data, allowing your people to do analytics, right? So that's one piece of it there. Uh, that 360 capture, that's another software that you're you know, pulling in data. Um, and then, you know, within that laser scans, you know, I mean, what are you using as a point solution for that? And yeah. so again, all these different things, we're having to use different solutions in terms of how to manage that data yeah. and ultimately how to surface that. And here's the issue at the end of the day, because they're in so many different solutions, how do you surface that in a way that's manageable yeah. for our project staff and our owners and, and project teams. I would imagine archiving the project data must be a struggle as well. Yes, it's an alarming thing that, you know, my CIO and I talk about a lot, right? Because, yeah. you know, we do have to archive this. And these are large data sets, especially if you're scanning. I mean, you're talking terabytes, yeah. right? And so within that, any every job, having to archive that data, and then within that, having to archive it long enough, that's going to meet our requirements, not only for our owners, but then, you know, I think with, uh, things that could happen in the, in the future, it's, we got to make sure we have a way to get back to that data and do our uh, analysis on that one as well. Yeah. And I would imagine, I know, um, so actually, just dawn on me, let's back up for a second. Yeah. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about Hensel Phelps? Well, oh, I don't, I, yeah. I'm making the assumption everybody, I know who Hensel Phelps is, no, but not necessarily. That's so, perfect. Yeah. So, so Hensel Phelps, um, we, uh, we're a employee-owned company, started in 1937 in Greenlee, Colorado. Uh, today we have, you can call them almost 10 regions, right? So anything from our Mid-Atlantic division, which is in um, Virginia, uh, all the way through Oahu, right? Uh, which, you know, depending on the region, we um, focus on different types of work. So, you know, some of our more iconic jobs, we did the Pentagon renovation, we were there for 10 years. Um, you know, that was our Mid-Atlantic division. Down in the Southeast, we do a ton of, you know, um, you know work for, you know, entertainment and, and also for, um, you know, um, aerospace and engineering yeah. as well. And, a lot of critical mission work, a lot of hospitality, uh, healthcare, uh, and we are the largest aviation contractor out there. So if you fly, at some point you flew through a Hensel Phelps project. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I remember, I, I remember correctly talking to to Jeremy yeah. that the the Denver airport. Were you guys were you guys using Spot uh, Boston Dynamics? And that was at our uh, SFO airport. SFO. Yeah, T one renovation. That's yeah. it. It was a great partnership with Trimble and Spot and. And David Burke and that team, and uh, it was a really good pilot program. Yeah. So, um, uh, for the listeners out there, uh, uh, the Boston Dynamics Spot Dog, uh, <laughs> robot dog. Yeah. So, what 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 was the use case that you guys? You did know, I, with, I, I with think spot? yeah, great question. I, I think today it's real that we're having to do more with less, right? Yeah. So the ability for a autonomous robotic like spot to go and every night wake up at 6 p.m. when everyone's gone yep. and scans all night with whatever payload, right? Whether it's the LIDAR unit from Trimble or it's, you know, a 360 capture. And then within that, that night capturing all the data that we need, right? 
integrating that with schedule and just giving our people, um, you know, reports really on progress, you know, especially when you integrate it with schedule. But then really, I think to alleviate the need for, you know, three people to be there all night to, 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 to capture that information. Now you've got a robotic that can not only go on missions, but then recharge itself yep. and then relaunch and, and, and go on another mission, right? That's so awesome. um, for us, I think there's the efficiency gain. I think the uh, uh, consistency of the data that's captured, yep. right? And then within that, you know, I think some uh, some work-life balance for people not having to work at night. Heck, heck yeah, yeah, right? So does that, so you're, you're doing, uh, you know, essentially progress measurement yeah. um, for schedule purposes. Does yeah. it, does it, has it gotten to the point where that actually gets net then tied into pay application? Absolutely could. Yeah. You know, I think we, um, different phases of how we use the, that data, uh, we compare that data that we capture to the BIM to figure out if it's installed and installed where it should be. Uh, within that, we start to get, that's, important. that's right, we start to get percentages of install, you know, when you take the data and compare it to the schedule. And then I think with pay apps, I think we, we have better backup to understand if we are um, submitting pay apps, that is it completely 100% complete? And are the materials all hung up, right? And yeah. So uh, another way for us to back check um, on the job site. That's awesome. So um, coming back to the 30 to 35 solutions yeah. on each project, uh, but when, when you explained Hensel Phelps in terms of the various types of jobs and projects you work on, yeah. you mentioned, well, you mentioned the Pentagon. So that yeah. immediately yeah. Is, a, is a federal project. Yes. So um, our, I know this is one of our favorite topics, which is FedRAMP. Yes. Um, so uh, unless I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of date, there's not a um, FedRAMP approved Con general contractor management solution. So, and, and really, I don't know how many of those 30 to 35 solutions. So how do you manage, I guess maybe first is if, if, uh, if you could provide a, a, a synopsis of what FedRAMP is to, yeah. to, the, to the audience, and then how do you navigate that yeah. within your solutions? So whether it's federal or even some private owners that we have, um, there's a lot of IP. Sometimes IP is very restrictive, right? And so I think what FedRAMP does for the government is just assure that the data that we are capturing, processing, managing is being protected the way it needs to be. Um, so I think that's the FedRAMP compliance, and not getting to the weeds of the details of it, yeah, right? right? But I think today how we manage that, and you know, not every one of our jobs has the luxury of picking all those solutions. It's really sometimes like a job like that, we're limited in solutions, right? It's the opposite where yeah. you can't even take a photo on site, right? Every photo has to be regulated, yeah. reviewed, uh, within that collaboration that comes to a grinding halt just because yeah, it's very rare that you put anything in the cloud, right, that's, yeah. uh, that's viable. So, again, it's its own hurdles that it creates. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, it's like uh, trying to find that balance. But I think with any owner, working with them, sitting with them early in the process, explaining to them what you're using, the value behind what you're, uh, why you're using it, uh, there's a lot of common ground that you can get. You know, I think a lot of times we've been successful with, you know, uh, having stock too with a testation, right, yep. outside of FedRAMP. So I think it's a evolving thing that we're keeping our eye on and really partnering with groups like Trimble uh, to yep. find out what that um, sweet spot is so we can all be compliant. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm always curious as to, you know, it. this is my own personal opinion, right, sure. is that FedRAMP um, was conceived, I think it was back in the Obama administration, and it was obviously like, hey, we have a data security issue yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so they, they developed this program and it's been uh, 
you know, implemented, uh, you know, over the course of however many years now. And but but I believe what's happened is that there's also been an evolution in, of, of, of maturity within the software industry. So we're not just talking about construction software. We're talking about any piece of, of cloud software that a federal agency utilizes yeah. has to meet this type of compliance. Yeah. And but I know from from our perspective, eBuilder e is FedRAMP authorized. Yeah. Um, but whatever, all of the uh, security requirements that we had to create in, in eBuilder, uh, FedRAMP version, yeah. um, we did them all in our commercial version too. Sure. So it's like, you know, rising tide uh, raises all boats, so, so to speak. And the other side of it was, is that, hey, software companies are going to fix this because that's the business. They like, have to. <laughs> if, if our stuff yeah. gets stolen... Yeah people aren't going to utilize it. So I'm just curious in terms of like, is it like, are, are you hearing the same thing on the state ramp side of things? Are you familiar with that? And, yeah. and, and is it, a, is it an overreaction or do you think it's appropriate? No, I mean, it depends on who you talk to and who's <laughs> behind it, you know, yeah. getting to that point. But now yeah, I think it's something that needs to be focused on. I think that the polarities of what you're referencing there, it's uh you know, you need to be that far, you know, or can you find some common ground? Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot of it. I think you know, a lot of times the reaction is so over the edge, right? That they, because there's not a lot that's known about it. But I think to your point, as we evolve, as technology gets better, um, what we do, what we didn't know, now we do. Yeah. And so I think it's not going to be as stringent, right? Just as long as I think the basic fundamentals are getting adhered to from when it comes to a security standpoint, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a little fearful yeah. for... Um, the, the startup software, oh, yeah. they can't afford no. like the, the amount of <laughs> yeah. rigor that that's goes right. into getting that authorization. That's right. It's not realistic for those. And yeah. that's not good for the, uh, the the innovation in our industry. That's right. Right. Yeah. I'm not a betting man, but I would hope to, you know, at some point, again, those strict requirements are kind of back down a little bit. It becomes a little bit more common sense and some best practice and some common ground that allows everyone to kind of operate the way yeah. they need to and allows the startups to be successful. Because to your point, you know, they're not going to be able to get FedRAMP compliant if it maintains the strict rigor that it is today, right? or it's very hard to. Speaking of, of, of innovation, yeah. here's my segue yeah. going into the into Diverge, yeah, the yeah. corporate venture capital side in yeah, terms yeah. of, so, um, Tell me about that. Like, what, what, where, you know, where did it come from? Why? Yeah. And then, what's it? What yeah, you guys doing? I think naturally, I think BDC has always kind of been on the front end of enabling our projects and our districts and our people with technology. Mm -hmm. And so, for the last ten years, we've had a great uh, run at working with startups and really partnering with them, really exposing them to our people, our process, our owners, and our projects. And you know, it's really been a, a very symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And so, it's been very natural, I think, as we evolved that um, today we need a focus, a focus on technology, right? Someone that could keep their eye on the ball, right? Because yep. it's moving so fast. Um, and so really behind that too, we're trying to put strategy in terms of how we as Hensel Phelps consume technology, right? There's got to be some strategy behind it, some sustainability, um, and someone that's going to look more than beyond just what that's going to deliver on that project. Yep. How is it going to live in that next project in five years, 10 years, right? Uh, are they strong financially? What's their runway like? All these things that we typically have not looked at in the past that today that we have to look from every angle to understand is it not only a good solution, but is it sustainable and scalable, right? And yep. So, uh, and, and some of that sustainability and scalability is the requirements of security, right? Because, yep. yeah, that's part of the, uh, the outlook today. But that's really it. I think for us, it's uh, also, I think, doing better for our people. And I think 
you know, there's so many opportunities within construction today and in the industry in general to improve in all things. And, you know, I think working with startups, right, nurturing them, mentoring them, um, it becomes then just another way to make the environment better for our people as well. So in terms of the, uh, the venture side, yeah, is it purely just investment in or are you guys doing incubation as well? We are. I mean, we've been incubating for the last decade, you know, plus, you know, I think there's so many jobs. We don't have an R&D department, honestly. Our incubator is our projects. They're live. Okay. You know, our people are real, right? Yeah. So it's like, I wish I could put in some contained environment, but it isn't. But that's why we have to be very strategic in terms of who we partner with. Yeah. Within that, you know, we're going to, you know, um, um, enable our people that we're going to expose them to our people. And so we want to make sure that there's that relationship there. We're not going to put a Ferrari on a job site that requires, you know, a, uh, you know, 45, um, you know, uh, or less, right? It's just yeah. got to make sure that whatever tool we put in that job site is going to facilitate the needs and it's um, going to be, I think, uh, very accurate in terms of what we need. You know, I think too often we, uh, you know, you can look at technologies um, that is so fancy, but has no relevance to what the deliverable is on that job site. Yeah. And so there is that fine line of picking that right solution, finding the right resources to get behind that solution, right? And then making sure that that partnership's there for feedback and improvement. Yeah. yeah. So when you are looking at uh, your, your venture funds that you have available, yeah. um, are you focusing on particular uh, themes? Is there is there a prioritization of things that you're looking at uh, that, that like would, um, obviously it's going to have an immediate impact for, for you guys. So like what is, what is like priority number one to fix? That's a good question. You know, I think there's different levels of innovation. I think at the job site level, a lot of times it's reactionary as to what that need is for that job for the next three years, the duration of that job. But more on the diverge side, we're looking at that North Star that's going to get us in the 5, 10, 15 year mark, right? Yep. What's going to continue to get us more jobs? What's going to bring risk down, right? What's yep. going to make us more profitable? What's going to make us, you know, deliver on schedule? Those are things that we're looking strategically in the next 10 to 15 years uh, and how to differentiate ourselves or just be sustainable in what we do. And what we do best is build, right? Yep. Um, so that's the key. But I think all those other ones, it gets complex. But to your point earlier, use the technology changes all the time, right? Yeah, and here at Hans Phelps, we just don't want to be disrupted, right? When those things do come in the industry, we want to we'll make sure that we understand what's coming, yeah, and really position ourselves to really embrace that. That's a that's a really interesting side of it, right? Because yeah. it's it's like there's there's a side of the of the investment, yeah, so you can properly upscale and prepare your people. That's right. To 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 actually do it. That's right. Like robotics. At some point, it will change, you know, what we do at construction on a day-to-day. So we have to get smarter on that, right? Um, AI, machine learning, um, you know, additive manufacturing. How is that going to change the construction industry? Uh, we do a self self-performance when it comes to concrete. Yep. And so within that, you know, how is the additives going to change? Is the mix is going to change? All these different things that we have to be very mindful and thoughtful of as uh, uh, we start to strategize for the next 10 to 15 years. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So uh, final question. Yeah. I gave you a warning. Yeah. Motto. What's oh. your What's your motto? Yeah. And for those that know me, it's definitely work hard, play hard. Work I mean, hard, play hard. Yes. I mean, you got to find balance. And I love what I do at work. And But I think there's got to be things outside that, you know, I, obviously uh, keeps you kind of balanced, right? So that's, yeah. that's what well, I think you gave, gave an example that, that, that was it right prior to this trip. You yeah. Were, what, where, where, where did you meet your buddies? And yeah. You so we do an event every year called the uh, AA. Um, events and it's uh, Lee Keen. He has a project out there where he takes uh, Porsches that are 
uh, built in the 1980s, and then he retrofits them and makes them off-road capable. And so uh, for three days, we were out in Asheville and uh, that area in North Carolina. Beautiful, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, we drove them off-road like you would a Jeep, which is pretty phenomenal. That's fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, excellent. Thank you, um, Ty. Thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing, oh, sharing this information. Yeah, Matt, thank uh, you. Excited to continue to see uh, the relationship with Hensel Phelps and, and Trimble, but also um, you know the different different things that we may partner on in terms of investments and whatnot. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, and everybody, thank you so much for tuning in, listening, watching. I don't think tuning in is a thing anymore, <laughs> but that's whatever. Streaming. Yeah, streaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and until next time, stay connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at connectedconstructionshow.com.